0: Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions
1: about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. And smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for us. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. It's me, Jackie Cation. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, if you like a determiner. You can donate to the show using PayPal or Venmo. You go to the websites, you find out where I'm doing stand-up comedy. Rangers of the Dork Forest, I love you dearly and thank you so much. Feel free to go to Apple, rate and review the show. Five stars would be great. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg sang and wrote that song that you just heard, and he will be singing at the end the Mexican Hat Dance. Uh, Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio and video, and we thank all the stars for that. Let's get into the show. It's me, Jackie Cation. I'm in a hotel room in Chicago, a town so cool, the first four letters spell chic. Did you guys see Victor Victoria? Anyway, uh, I'm in Chicago. I'm talking with returning guest, a man who enjoys horses and that smell right behind the nostril of a horse, where it's the it's the grass. Uh, David Huntsberger, welcome to the program. Welcome back.
2: How you doing? Well, hello, Jackie. It's nice to be back. I'm doing well. I'm glad you remember. You must take copious notes of all your episodes to to pull that out about the horse nostril. I don't,
1: you know, literally, I just the weirdest things uh, stay in my mind, and I like horses so much that I. Since that, and we recorded that probably six, eight years ago or whatever. um, I haven't been around a horse since then, but I've always wanted (laughs) to smell that spot.
2: (laughs) I thought for sure this, this little anecdote would end with, and I was
1: finally around a horse and I did smell, I mean, it's six years. (laughs) No, it just got sad. It just got real sad. You guys, Ah. by the way, horses are on my vision board. I made a vision board with Ron Funches one year and horses have remained on that vision board. I would like to ride. I would like to learn how to be a pirate. I got all kinds of things on my vision board. Good. Um, you're sitting in your basement or at a garage or something that looks like you're about to do some woodworking. Yeah. Now, or <laughs> I should have changed. Maybe this, I'll sit over here. That background here. is hilarious. This, yeah. yeah. This
2: background is terrible. No, this <laughs> other background is really good and it's so close See that's much better. Oh, see that's more oh, like that's a, a woodworker's
1: garage. But it doesn't it doesn't sync up. And the then it low. has a globe up high. Get oh. to the YouTube Rangers. Get to the YouTube. That is so. That
2: globe is made by my friend Penelope Club. It's oh well wow. my w- the first album I did with Stand Up Records is called Humanitis. and the cover is this watercolor did uh, watercolor painting I did with. Uh, the earth, and it's got all these buildings growing. It looks like Earth's hair is made of humanity and big cities, and Earth's face is very frustrated. I'll turn it around in just a second.
1: Yeah. So then Ooh. there's
2: Earth spinning around, furious. And I, then I was doing <laughs> a visual component called One Headed Beast years later, and it uh, had a whole bunch of animation, and I was reaching out to just kind of mentioning on a podcast at the time uh, if you're an artist and you want to help in any way. And a number of artists right. that were like, I'm not an animator, but I make props or I do physical things. And I was like, well, I don't know how to incorporate okay. that. So we ended up decorating the whole scene, the whole stage, basically with these really cool um, physical props. And my friend Penelope just saw that album cover and was like, I'll just make that. And so she made a physical representation of uh humanitis which i never thought wow. of how cool that feels. you know you go to disneyland and you're like someone's mind thought this up 2d on a page made it move around and everyone right. went that's incredible mm-hmm. and then they said but what if i could make it more 3d and you could roam around among them and go to like a place where you're all together that level of imagination i really appreciate and this was my first little minor foray into seeing
1: what that feels like and it was very cool that is awesome, David. I would like you to be in the picture. <laughs> coming over, I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> David Huntsberger, by the way, uh, it's at Dave Huntsberger on Instagram. Yeah, has three podcasts. You guys, I've done work on Intercepts, which is a scripted podcast. Yes, and then Space Cave, and then these are the tapes. Those tapes. These are those tapes.
2: Yeah, there's kind of a haunting. That's right,
1: and I'll try to put all three of those. Into the notes. Okay,
2: yeah, it's too much. There's too a minute. haunting. It's, well, oh, it's it's sort of a faux, um, not true crime necessarily, but they all have the same tone of kind of like I don't know I don't know how to put it, but the uh, or how to explain it or elucidate it, but the uh, the premise is that this person found this old box of cassette tapes, not ordered, numbered, or anything, and so every every episode is very different but it's really just me and my friend wendy just goofing around but we've we've started having guests and stuff and it's it's (laughs) it's fun it's like a
1: 20 minute no homework
2: just goof around well i'm looking
1: forward to the fact that we're recording this separately and so he's frozen but he's probably still talking and we're gonna have that audio
2: oh no i am recording my own in so i can send you that i didn't realize i had frozen sorry
1: well it's and it's Weirdly enough, Riverside is also recording this just locally as well. So that's good, too. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know about uh, about woodworking. That's what I want to know about. Because yeah. during lockdown. You got into woodworking way before like a that Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Like Harrison, Harrison Ford's in woodworking. He's, a carpenter. He's oh. a
2: carpenter. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I see. Before, like, when, do you believe that story? He's just working on the set like, hey, do you I understand? do.
1: He's been handsome forever. <laughs> he has been handsome forever and working on woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> David Huntsberger, also very handsome. Uh, oh, so I don't know what it is. It makes you better looking. Makes you better looking, David. It's good to know your that soul. you're woodworking yeah. somehow. I guess so. It's good. Is for- it?
2: I mean, there's a huge difference between carpentry and woodworking, I feel like. But anything you're doing with your hands, yeah, I think it's good for your soul. I think, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. I think when you got a lot of turmoil going on, it's a good thing to just kind of start sanding. I mean, The Karate Kid, not a great movie. Yeah. It doesn't hold up. But that element of like wax on, wax off, and just when your hands yeah. are busy, you're kind of learning something. I think it definitely holds up.
1: Yeah. What, what do you think is the difference between woodworking and carpentry?
2: Nails. I would say the steps go like this, like getting something from Ikea and saying, I put that together and you have an Allen wrench. And then the next step is carpentry where you're screwing together very quickly. You're taking a lot of like particle board or plywood. And in the end, it looks very nice. You're measuring, you're cutting. It looks nice, but it's just a step up from assembly. And woodworking to me is a lot more... Like if you're, if you're real into the game, you're milling your own boards. There's some hand planing going on. The joinery itself uh, has a little bit more thought behind it. So you, like this bench behind me, you can't really see it. But people come in, no one has ever been like, wow, it's really great. But if you're a woodworker, you're like, that's very cool. There's no nails or glue in it. So it's a really uh, challenging. What? Yeah, it's all just joinery. You built that thing behind you. Well, that's not that's just a piece of plywood behind me with like some shelves on it. That's not
1: much. But this thing okay. down I'm here. So sorry. <laughs> that oh, thing, the, the bench. The, oh, the the bench and the and the desk. Yeah, that whole thing is really thing. long.
2: It goes like eight feet. And it's it's got a, oh, a couple wow. different components. But it breaks down so you could I like things that are sort of transformer. So I made like a bookshelf years ago that you can break down and you could haul it around on a bike, but it's like five, I don't know, five and a half feet tall and four feet wide. So uh, I like stuff like that. I like that.
1: the idea of you're just wandering around with a bike and a, and a bookcase and you're just going to set it up outside like a tiny library. Yeah. It's like, it's a destination library. <laughs> you, you folks need Somebody a Somebody bring here? me a bunch of books. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard Maria Bamford's joke about uh, tiny libraries? Uh, she has one. She's like, have you ever been Dan Browned? And, um, I have not heard uh, that. He's the guy. Oh, he did the Da Vinci Code. Ian Brown, yes, and and several books that are essentially the Da Vinci Code, (laughs) and uh, he's just written the same book like four times. And the Da Vinci Code was fine, but uh, I didn't mind it. But uh, I tried to read another one, and I was like, "Oh, I've read this." I had the exact same experience. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what is? So, I'm just going to start asking questions. What is milling? Well, that's where, (laughs) uh, I mean,
2: I I wouldn't say I, I would say I mill my own boards, but I do it in the most generic way. And that means when you think of a tree cut down and then you think there's a two by four. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of work that happened in between those two things. So there's, (laughs) (laughs) yes, there must have been. It it was milled to get to that point, but it was milled a bunch of times. So they'll like, they'll do these really long slabs. And so I'm sure at some point you've seen a picture of like, two-dimensional looking slabs of wood leaning against the wall and they're always air drying for like two or three years. And then if you go into a very wealthy person's house or like their mountain cabin, you would see that as like the dining table, just that whole live edge slab of like, oh, this is just a slab of wood. And then they finished it in some way, but that was milled. So that was milled with like a gigantic blade and pushing a whole tree through it. And then once you have each of those slabs, there's various ways that you can cut out the sizes you need but I have found okay. I just keep like a gigantic chunk around, like a four by six, and then if I need a piece of wood, I go cut it with a circular saw, hand plane it down to what I need, and then I build from there. And it and I'll sometimes like I built a table recently, and it I use two by fours I bought, and they have black stamped lettering on the wood. It drives me crazy, and I'm oh weird. I know. And then I I was building a gate something I'll never really have a lot of pride in. It's probably going to get painted. And I and the place where I get wood is like a salvage sort of place. They they get wood that's already been used. And I use that all the time. And yeah. uh, they were not open that day. So I milled my own two by four and used it in this fence. And I was just like, what have I done? I was, t- <laughs> I was like telling my <laughs> partners like, ah, I didn't mill my own board. This is embarrassing. And, you know, it's just a little stamping on the, the thing is all
1: right. OK, so so the fact that you didn't mill that wood made you have shame that you had purchased it from some mass produced milled board company, kind uh, of milled wood company. I mean, is that I'm, what I'm... I'm as far. OK, away. I
2: mean, no, I, the place I get it is like they go. And if you're tearing something down, they're like, wait, 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 don't just throw out all that wood. We'll take it. So I like to support them. But right. you get boards that have sometimes nail holes in them, or they're split or something. You, know, you can go through them a little bit, but more than that, it was just the stamping. I... So, sorry, good.
1: Oh, this right. I know a guy. I'm just going to lie down. Uh, <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> for some reason, I'm, I I want to just wander around this screen and lie back. Um, there's a guy named Kevin Andrus who changed his name to Key Van Willingham. Hell yeah. And uh, I don't for reasons of numerology and art, he's an artist and he used to, when I, when I knew him, it was back in the nineties and he had, he had always done art, but he was just starting to do this more stuff that he does right now. But, um, he would build his own frames from found art. Yeah. From found wood, right. From, from used wood. And he said that a lot of the wood, had been he had to stop doing it because it had been painted with lead paints. Oh yeah, it, it was it was a lot of molding that had been pulled off of old houses. Yeah, and it looked really cool, but <laughs> it was lead paint, and he began to fear for his safety.
2: That's smart. Uh, yeah.
1: You know, I have a little that,
2: kit, and then you put a few drops of water, and you can rub it on any paint. I don't I don't try to pick up anything that's really been painted, uh, but in the event that I do, okay. I have a little kit, and then you can test it and see if there's any lead involved.
1: That's helpful. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That is helpful. Um, so but you're making bigger items, so you're kind of looking for bigger chunks of wood? I never
2: was really looking for anything. It was just the pandemic and I was running a lot. I was outside running all the time and I saw this huge, what would look like an exposed beam in a nice house, but it was laying yeah. out. On the curb, not just the curb, but like the area between the curb and the street. That's like trash central. Yeah. It's like, if you want, this is free. Right, here. right, that's,
1: this is free. Yeah. Yes.
2: People would ask me, are you sure it was free? I'm like, this this thing was laying there for weeks. I would run by it. I would be like, oh, that's really nice. Someone's going to come get it. At one point, there was dog poop <laughs> on it. And I, uh, like going back. That's just curing. Yeah. I'm curing <laughs> it. I was like, yeah. that'll sand off. That's just poop. That's not the... <laughs> I was uh you know I did wood shop when I was in like 7th grade. My grandfather really kind of got me okay. into it. And as he got older and wasn't really able to do it so like going back to horses when I was be- like when I was a farrier, when I was shoeing horses, my grandfather drew up this little plan and we went and woodworked and built my box that I would use to hold all my horseshoeing tools in. So every now and again, every few years I'd get exposed to him with his little you know whether it was the uh, there's like a scribe saw or a scroll saw or just some of these different types of saws that were kind of cool. But mostly he was using power tools. So he was using like a table saw and that kind of thing. And so that's just why That's thought.
1: because he was no fool. Right. Right? He's he not was up the like with I hand don't plans. need Right. Right. He's like, I, I don't need to live the, I live the pioneer days. I don't need to live the pioneer days again. Right. But it's kind of fun to live the pioneer days. If you want to live the pioneer days, first of all, you guys, you have to find the horse episode with David Huntsberger uh, because he was a farrier for a little while. That's hilarious. (laughs) Okay. So, um, you, so I just, So you're running, and you see a giant thing of wood. Yeah. Uh, And by the way, I I assume you're in Silver Lake. I don't know why. No. But you're in, like, Los Angeles, right? Eagle Rock? I have all the trappings of a real
2: hipster type. I'm in East Hollywood, which is the most, like, densely populated part of the city. It is just...
1: It's, like, butt up, like, Armenia town? Like, Little Armenia? Um, I don't know what it's like. It's just it's one of those places. What are where- some giant, what's a giant intersection kind of by you? Is so it like it Western and yeah, yeah. You're on the right track.
2: Western and like Beverly. So it's kind of near Korea Yeah. So just, just near there us all know. these great restaurants and shops. And there's a lot of, um, you know, city type things, urban delights, foods, and et cetera, but there's not a lot of parks, not a lot of open green areas, not a lot of, uh, space. And then, but you can run, it's not right. that far from Hancock park where it's gorgeous. Somewhere in between okay. there, oddly enough, right probably right on the fringe end of it, where maybe they're trying to gentrify it a bit, is where this beam exists. And then I started calling it the beast. Like, the beast is still there. I come home all sweaty. It's been like three weeks. The beast is still just laying there. And I, so I'm like, I got to get a chainsaw. <laughs> and... You got to get a truck. Yeah. Well, I was like, no, no, I'll just go there. I'll cut it up on site. It'll fit in the car. Yeah. I'll just
1: haul it home
2: slowly. And I had an SUV. So I was like, just let it hang out the back and I'll just drive slowly. It's all surface streets. No problem. Yeah. And so I did get a chainsaw. And uh, weirdly enough, as I'm starting to think about this, this isn't quite a vision board, but out of nowhere, my mom goes, oh, you know, I have a chainsaw I've been meaning to give you. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, it was my what? father's. I, so it was, uh, this steel chainsaw made in 1979. It's awesome. And I go, oh, great. I'd love it. What's the brand name? Steel. S-T-I-H-L. Steel. It's
1: great. But I-H-L. people who work okay. on
2: chainsaws don't love them because they're pretty delicate. They're pretty finicky. And I know this because I okay. had to watch so many YouTube videos because I get the chainsaw She's like, I just had it tuned up a couple years ago. I look in, there's a little bit of gas. I'm like, here we go. But then I'm like, wait, 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 this gas might be bad. I should pour it out. So I go on YouTube. This person never believed just the first YouTube video you see. Always watch four or five and get a consensus because the first person is like, <laughs> if you Melt have to sell, if you have this sea foam treatment, pour it in there and any gas will be fine. And I'm like, I have some of that, weirdly enough. Why do I have this? I don't know, but I have some of this sea foam treatment. So I pour it in. All good. And I fire it up and the chainsaw's running and then it sucks all that horrible gas right into the carburetor and blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, "Oh boy." So then I begin this long YouTube journey and now the days start to tick by and they bleed into weeks as I'm daily taking apart a carburetor and it's tiny. It's like working on a hummingbird's heart. And then I'm working on these <laughs> little <laughs> I'm working on these little filters and I'm putting it all back together. And then I'm, and it'll run for a little bit, suck more bad gas in. So I'm like cleaning all the fuel lines in the back of my head. It's like a heist movie where like the clock is ticking down and someone else is going to get the beast. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, I have what is like a contact lens for something small, not a fish necessarily, maybe a large bird. It's small. It's on the tip of my finger and it's full of like spent carbon. And it's the filter for the carburetor for this little chainsaw. So I'm like, I'm just going to spray a little ether into that and clean that gunk out of there. And I spray it and it flies off my hand out into my yard. (gasps) So then I go full Rick Moranis. It's the pandemic. It's the height of the pandemic. There's nothing to do. Everyone's just locked down, looking at the TV. I can't stand those press briefings. So now I have devised a sieve. That I am pouring my backyard through and shaking, looking for this little bird contact lens, what? and <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! Just being like, this is—it's compelling narrative, Rangers. It was yeah. so, in, I mean,
2: real a form of mania. I don't know if anyone else went through this where I really had to stop and be like, this—this this can't really be explained as logical. This feels like I'm just <laughs> trying to do something with my time, and now it's gotten a little out of hand, and so. I give up on, I just, out of sake of like, all right, I'd rather just figure out a way to get a new chainsaw. This has got, this is too far. But I find there's this uh, small engine repair place that all of the gardeners, think about how many leaf blowers are in Los Angeles. They all show up in this one little strip. And I'm trying to think of the cross street. It's down below 10, but it's off of Western. It's not far below I-10 on Western. And it's... All every truck that shows up is exactly the one you see in every neighborhood with weed whackers and um, buckets and different bins and rakes and all the stuff, and the leaf blowers in the back. And they sell the hummingbird's contact lens, they sell the bird's contact filter thing for a dollar. So, all what? of this <laughs> nonsense I've been doing in the backyard.
1: It's just this sweet old man and his wife. Because you never found it, obviously. Oh, no. You did not find it after panning for gold. Yeah. After panning for your contact lens carburetor filter. Yes.
2: Never found it. And I would get, you know how you are when you you have your mind on something and you're just sitting there kind of relaxing and then you realize, wait, it's night. If I go out there with a flashlight, it's got enough metal in it. Maybe it'll reflect a little bit like a piece of metal would. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so then I'm out there just shining a flashlight around, and it never reflected or anything. <laughs> so this shop oh, had it for a dollar, and this sweet man was like held open all these drawers, and he would hold out one size, like that. It is that it is that it. And I go, I think it's that one. And then uh, he's, I bought a couple of them, and I went home and I put it in the carburetor. I put it all back together, and it fired up. And I was like, here we go, straight to the beast. And then it's like, I forget what time of year it is, but it's warm out. It's like 85 degrees, maybe 90. Right. And it's the normal day. And I pull up next to the beast and I stand there for a bit. But then, one, it's the pandemic. Two, there's going to be a lot of sawdust. I put a bandana up over my nose just for breathing. But now I'm right. a gentleman standing right. in an unknown neighborhood holding a chainsaw with a bandana over my nose, just kind of looking around. Just kind of like, all right, if you're going to come out and stop me, this is a great time to do it. And then I fire up <laughs> I fire up the chainsaw and I just stand there and I run it for a bit because I'm expecting a homeowner or someone, this is just, even though it's been weeks to come out, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, well, this
1: has been sitting here and it's got this- Oh no, the homeowner is like, Finally, someone is taking this giant piece of wood out of my, yeah, out of my yard. One hundred percent. Yeah, there was. I mean, it
2: was like a one percent hesitation in the back of my mind that
1: is there a chance that this? And you gave plenty of opportunity. Yeah, everybody had weeks to to take it
2: away. Yeah, right. And the dog uh, poop was petrified, but it was still there. And if you cared about something, and you're like, "That's got to go in our house," wouldn't you tarp it or you'd come? You'd at least kick that dog poop off. So I am resolute i'm a hundred percent that this is just discarded wood and this is before the price of wood yes. with bananas i can't believe no one else is grabbing it but i'm like all right this is going to be a lot of project wood that i can use and so i fire up the chainsaw i'm standing there and then i measure it out it's 20 feet long it's four four inches by wow. 13 inches by 20 feet long so i'm like well i think i'm gonna go eight six and six I think that'll be what I need. And so I start with one of the six foot chunks and I, meow, meow, but my chain is pretty dull. <laughs> I didn't think to like sharpen the chain. So I muscle through <laughs> it. <laughs> it takes me forever and I'm focused on it. So I, you know, like when people are like, Oh, I was in a forest and I could feel an animal looking at me or something. I could yeah. feel, I just could in my head, like someone's waiting to tap me on the shoulder. And so I would like a psychopath okay. sort of like look over my shoulder. No one's there. I'm like, but I was waiting to just stop. I'm like, oh, no, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. This is your thing. No one was ever there. I get through the first. <laughs> <laughs> I get through the first chunk. I have six feet. I put it in my, the back of my SUV. Wait, so it's four inches by what? By 20 feet? Four inches by 13 inches by 20 feet Okay. Long. So it's like okay, one of those, you. you know, if you were in a, a great hall or like a ski lodge, you'd a look where and you'd see these exposed beams. And I think what happened is it yeah. had this pretty noticeable crack. And if you look down the length of it, it was warped just a bit. And I think the people that were installing it, oh, I should mention too, the property that it was in front of had like a a realtor sign in front. So it had been flipped Okay, and they were selling it. And I thought, okay, this makes sense that like they discarded this beam The place that replaced it, you know, and said, hey, we'll bring you a new one, just didn't take it. And they set it aside and went, some lunatic with a chainsaw will come
1: get this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If we let it sit here long enough. Yeah. if Someone
1: in Los Angeles will pick something up. It's true. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really can just like, think of how many people are like, I've got this great alley. Anything we set out there within like 20 minutes, it's gone.
1: Uh, yeah, I put, uh, I put out a thing in the alley. It was a cot that I bought a beautiful, I bought it during lockdown. Cause I th- pictured myself, uh, with an REI propped up cot. It was something I treated myself for lockdown after I knew that it was going to last more than two weeks. Yeah. And, uh, and it never, it just didn't, it just collapsed every time anyone sat on it. It, <laughs> the legs didn't work right. So three years later I leave it out in the, in the. In the, and within 20 minutes, the metal had been stripped off of it. And then it was just the, yeah, it was just the canvas. And then I was like, well, that is set that nobody is ever going to have this. Uh, Can we back up really quickly? Of course. To a very basic question that I would like to ask, which is, I didn't know gasoline went bad.
2: Yeah, it'll, it'll. Why
1: does gas go bad? Well, I would guess. What gets in it?
2: I think, you know, that's a good question. I know. The little I know about gasoline is, my dad would always refer to it as like varnish. It would just get this kind of sludgy quality to it. And if you leave it long enough, it does kind of get coagulated. I don't know if that's a treatment that they put into it. You know, when they're refining it, that they have to thin it out. I think in the days when everyone had kerosene lamps, gasoline was a byproduct. They would just chuck it into the river. Um, And then (sighs) they kind of noticed like, hold on a second. Where... People are so great. (laughs) It's just (laughs) been a completely error-free history up until this point. Uh,
1: (laughs) There is a great science fiction, just a tiny series, three books, Cage Baker, sword and sorcery kind of fantasy book. Yeah. And there, there are humans, and then there are like fairies and demons. And the demon fairy people, one of them starts interacting with humans, and the humans are like, we just shove everything into the lake. <laughs> and they're like, and the demon fairy guy's like, what are you doing? Wait, the lake that you use the water to drink. And they're like, yeah, but it, it goes to the bottom. It doesn't affect the, and the. T- <laughs> it's such an environment. It's an eviscerating bi- environmental tale, essentially about the history of humanity. <laughs> oh, I love that. What's it called? Cage Baker. Um, uh, I, I, I can't remember. It's like the House of the Stag is, I think, the first one. Okay. So, um, yeah, the Anvil of the World is the second one. So, they're, the she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, House of the Stag, Anvil of the World. All right. There might only be two. Uh, I hope there's three because I'd like to reread them now that I've mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. um, but, yeah, I get,
2: just as a PSA, gasoline you've had a car sitting around for a long time you go to start it up probably want to siphon it dispose of it properly uh if you know nowadays it'll just get sucked in the fuel filter it won't like damage your engine but this little carburetor filter is essentially like the fuel filter for this thing so it's going right into it it's gumming it up and you could like you could see it you could like pick it out it's so gross grimy
1: yeah yeah so you spent a week or so cleaning this chainsaw but not sharpening this chainsaw. How do you sharpen a chain? Isn't it serrated? It is.
2: Well, there's a bunch of YouTube videos on this and the people that are good at it. I bought the sharpening (laughs) thing. It's just this little round file. And so some chainsaws have a thing. The real cool one is you sit next to a stump, like a tree stump, and you have this thing. It's like a vice that you can hammer into the tree stump. Then you set your chainsaw on that and then you can move it nub by, by nub So it is a chain, but then every third link or so is just this little hook. And on the same side, at the same angle of each hook is a a sharpened edge. So it's constantly pulling that edge through one after another. And then you have to sharpen each one. So you just pull it with your little round file, pull it. And you can put yeah. two pieces of paper and draw a line so that you're sharpening at the exact same angle because you want them to continuously bring the same angle through. And I just thought, okay, ah, it's got the chain on it. How dull could it be? It's a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I just thought it'll cut. It won't. It just, I won't be winning any awards on like those outdoor shows, but it'll cut and it would not. Oh, really? It'll eventually just It just failed. It'll just Just burn. And so it it, it creates so much friction against the wood, smoke and things start coming out. And you're like,
1: doing fine over here, folks. Just just (laughs) me in your neighborhood. (laughs) It's California. Me just starting a fire (laughs) with friction. There's some rocks and
2: concrete around. I think it'll be just fine. Just keep an eye on me. And, and then before the smoke could get too bad, I think I either ran it out of fuel. I didn't realize like chainsaws just California or at least Los Angeles has this two stroke engine ban in effect or small engines with like leaf blowers and chainsaws. Oh, right. I mean, to run the equivalent of running one of those for like an hour or two is like driving a Volkswagen bug across the country. It's so the emissions are nuts. And then how much fuel it right. burns through so quickly. I'm sure that's inaccurate, what I just said, but it's something like that. It's a crazy amount. Right, right,
1: right. Or it certainly felt like that. It certainly felt like you were just like, allow me to choke this tree. Yeah.
2: And so I had (laughs) to leave with one six foot chunk and then the beast laying there (laughs) with a huge gash in it. And then I felt so bad, like, I'll be back for you, friend. But also still in the back of my head, like, (laughs) I hope I didn't start any ideas and some other person with a sharp chainsaw is going to come and like swoop in and (laughs) grab my thing. And so I had to like put fuel in. I never did sharpen it. I was just like, yeah, you're going to have to figure it out, Blade. You're going to have to figure it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is between you and your God, Blade. I don't have anything to do with this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that is out. Okay. And so how many trips did it take? Did you end up breaking it all down or I did. did some yeah. chainsaw thief come by and. <laughs> uh, Was your claim? Did you put a tiny flag, a Huntsberger flag? I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to
2: put something there. Like, I wish I had a brand or something I could sear into it. Like, property of, (laughs) or leave a note. Well, you do know
1: how to horseshoe. Do you not know how to brand? You know,
2: oddly enough, I I own a branding iron. And, uh... (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) But it's not like a legitimate one you'd use on cattle. I got a little one when I was a kid. It's just my initials. But I do own that. So I should start branding that into stuff.
1: I've been in Chicago, and here's a painting my father did of a cow with a cowboy hat. I love that.
2: That's fantastic. That is a cow with
1: a cowboy hat. And it has, like, dog eyes.
2: It's really, it's like a very uh, inviting cow. You know what, that's interesting,
1: because I thought it looked like Gordy. Here's the other cow. Ah. My father. I said, why? Why are you painting cows? And he goes, I'm feeling whimsical. They have that quality. He's 86. He's doing they it. They do have some whimsy to him. The yeah. brightness, the color with which he paints. I love it. For 86. I mean, yeah. that guy's in his imagination. It's still youthful. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, those are both hits. They're, uh, most of his, you know, the the deal is, is you give my dad, a, this happened during lockdown as well, is that uh, if you, uh, I was like, for $100, you can tell my dad what you would like painted. And he will try. Yeah. And you will get whatever you get. I cannot promise it will be what you wanted. Yeah. But you will get an Elliott Cation painting for one hundred dollars plus shipping. And uh, he painted probably 15 paintings. Wow. And so I he painted this and two other cows. And I showed pictures of them to Maria Bamford and Carmen Morales. And one of them my father didn't even know. Do you, do you know the story of Ferdinand the bull? Of course, yeah. With with the flowers? Yeah. My dad painted essentially Ferdinand the bull, not knowing it was Ferdinand the bull. He just flowers and a cow. Ah. Uh, and I was like, I showed the picture to Maria and Carmen, and Maria goes, tell them I'll give them $250 for that. And Carmen was like, I cannot bid against Maria Bamford. uh, So uh, she wins, but I would also buy that. And then my mother-in-law likes the sunglass cow. (laughs) And then Cowboy Cow is also a hit. Somebody else. uh, But I, so I gave my dad, you don't want to give my dad a lot of cash, but I gave my dad $450 two days ago and he hasn't called since. (laughs) So let me just tell you in Milwaukee, there's a casino called Potawatomi That is probably now $450 picture. Just flush with cow money. Uh, But he is 86. Yeah, he's got cow money. He's got good cow money. Anyway, so you have a branding iron, (laughs) and I have weeded off on you. Let's actually, here at uh, at 34 minutes, uh, find out if there's an ad. Is there an ad? Was there an ad, you guys? Did you anyone notice? Uh, anyway, if there was an ad, boy, do I want you to buy something. Or not, if you don't need it. But you might have needed it. Who knows? And we're back with David Huntsberger, by the way. Huntsberger, it's at Dave Huntsberger on the Instagram. And then, do you have a, is, it a, is there a Huntsberger.com?
2: Yeah, davidhuntsberger.com. That's where everything resides. I'm not very active, uh, especially post-pandemic um, okay. Dealing with humanity. Ugh, not interested as much these days. So, no. I've just no, put all my uh, stuff at davidhunsberger.com and that's a nice place to uh, see. So, I mean, it's really a lot. I've drawn a lot of stuff is. and a bunch of animations, a bunch of stand up things, a bunch of writing. There's a lot. You can be entertained for a while over there. 100% free.
1: DavidHunsberger.com. That's right. Otherwise, he's in what looks to be, I mean, that looks to be, My father's basement, my grandfather's basement in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's what this looks like from here. Yeah. But um, so did you end up getting the whole of the beast?
2: Believe it. Yeah, I definitely did. And I made (laughs) tons of stuff. what you make? I still have parts of it. I made this tile outdoor patio table just that I wanted to figure out how to work with tile. But this this bench was the main one. This I really wanted like... Uh, we had. It looks like it has drawers. It does. No nails or glue. I mean, the only it has some screws where I had to put hinges. I could have done hardwareless hinges, but then that takes up a little too much space, and they're a little fragile. So, as like a handful of screws in it, it as a screw for a knob to pull the drawer, and that's it. Everything else is just dovetail joinery. There's a lot of mortise and tenon type stuff. Um, what?
1: Wait, wait. I'm writing words down. <laughs> dovetail joinery. Yeah. And what was a uh, Morris and what?
2: Mortis and tenon is the oldest joinery known to humanity. It still holds up as the absolute strongest. It's, it just takes more time. What? And so you think of going, how do you
1: spell mortis and tenon?
2: M O R T I S E. And then tenon okay. is T E N O N. And so There's one N to get really into mortise chisels, you can spend a lot of time like scouring different Craigslist ads. And And what I love is every person selling them. If you go to yard sales, that is the best because it's usually someone that's associated with the person. They just want the stuff to go to a good home. And I like that. I like being like, this is going to a good yeah. home. But the people selling- <laughs> I am it, a good home. <laughs> the people selling it 100% of the time, I would say, to so step back and take away percentages, but I would say 80% of them are named Ron. And then- or or like it's always like a <laughs> okay. like an old three letter like a man. And so Ron right. or Rob it's Ben or
1: Ted. Yeah. Or
2: ben. Or yeah Ted.
1: They all have the same. Don. Ad. Don, Don yeah. yeah, Don would say yeah. uh sometimes or in all caps. a guy with a nickname of Red. <laughs> his nickname's Red, but his real name is like Larry. Yeah. And if everybody he's running, just
2: called me Red. Yep. If he had a billboard running for city council, Larry. And then, you know, the quotes, Red, and then his last name.
1: <laughs> Hannah, Hannah-Lan, or whatever. <laughs> but their ads there always. There was a guy who lived next to us when I was a kid. He was bald as a pool cue, pool pool ball, uh, nicknamed Red, and everyone still called him Red. <laughs> and I even called him Red, which was weird, because when I was a child in the 12th century, we were always told to call everyone Mr. Yeah. Uh, but Red was always like, you can just call me Red and uh it wasn't mr red we i would have called him mr red if he needed me to but he did not i've again weeded off anyway so
2: well i'm now i'm fascinated with like was that a nickname he got in the service or was that from like first grade when he had you know blinding red hair bright, bright
1: red hair yeah, right or was it just in the service when he was you know in the big war mm-hmm. um <laughs> it could have been <laughs> uh but more mortis yeah, mortise mortis, and tenon. Mortise and
2: tenon. so mortise chisel. How is that cool. different
1: than, than dovetail? How is that
2: different? <clears throat> so you've seen dovetail. That is... Uh, no. So dovetail looks like a bunch of kind of triangles together like this. And so you can't okay. pull them apart. It's just the um, Chinese finger trap version of woodworking. You just... Okay. On this, you make uh, your grooves on this side and you make your things on this side. There's a name for them, but troves and whatever else, but... You put them together and then
1: you, you, know, you have to like... And it makes a corner or does it yeah. always make a corner or does sometimes it make a straight line?
2: So if you're shopping for furniture, you'll go in and you'll see something that looks pretty. And you're like, wow, that... And you'll say, this is real oak or something like that. And then you go and pull it open and it's on like these generic metal sliders. So it has that same <laughs> opening sound. And then you look in and really the oak is just kind of screwed to particle board or plywood. And the the plywood is just assembled or there's some carpentry there but if you go Mm -hmm. to old like beautiful furniture the the joinery is all dovetail and so the drawers still work as good as they ever did there's like some rabbiting on the back where maybe the the slider would or the bottom would slide in there's a there's just a little subtle difference but dovetail is just it looks like a zipper kind of and that's
1: right wait is it are there no casters or anything are there no metal things to put the to put the so you the, the the drawer on to make it come out, out and in. It just goes in and out by itself because it's so well built. Some of the metal sliders are really
2: good and they're very efficient and they can like, you know, when you push them and then they kind of air soften the the landing and yeah. those are great. But a lot of the other ones are just kind of, you lift them out and then you tilt up the end and you can pull it out and there's a little wheel on it and the wheel's always bent and then it's yeah. just, most of the garbage you see on the side right. of the street when you're driving by is that. And it's because someone bought okay. it. They assembled it with a uh, an Allen wrench and then some little thing went wrong. The drawer was open and someone was running by and they just bumped it. Now the track's off and they got mad and they yanked at it and then they broke off the handles or they broke off the front of it. Now the entire thing gets put <laughs> who out. Who is beating the shit out of their, out of something? The amount of like forensic files I do when I'm driving by and looking at these things. Like, <laughs> what? who owned that? What
1: were you doing? <laughs> And so I don't, I don't know what causes it, <laughs> You're like the monk of 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 just abandoned furniture. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> like, obsessed I with I need it. to get one of those black lights and find out if there's
2: blood. Yeah. Until your friend's thing of like, I wanted to do a nonprofit where you go and gather up all old couches, old everything, and you take it all apart. And then homeless people can come in and you, within reason, you don't want them using power tools and stuff, but like as they level up, you have volunteers helping them use things. They take some of that, you know, yeah. crappy wood from a couch frame and they make a picture frame and then they paint something. And then once a month they have sort of a flea market and they make money off what they do and they feel just like your dad, which they feel good about using their hands and making something and they go to the casino and they're having fun. Yeah. And I think yeah. people need that a little bit to just feel capable. Yeah.
1: But it's not a, even a little bit. They need that a lot. Yeah. Everyone needs to feel like they can create. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's that's why. That's why old ladies embroider. That's why cross stitch was invented. Yeah, you know. We, yeah, we at like we get removed. I think. Well, to get too heavy
2: into it here, Jackie. But as humans, like the world that we've been placed into, this paradigm we exist in, it doesn't allow for a lot of that, like silliness and expression. So as people find that, yeah, you find happier people when you find that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good for you, man. <laughs> I like that idea a great deal. Well, thanks. Uh, it's uh yeah, it's a great way to so. So that's Dovetail. So, what's mortise and tenant? Well, without getting too graphic,
2: it's a little bit of a male and Please female component. Now, imagine oh. you have a sexual encounter, heterosexual at that. And as the phallus enters whatever receptacle, a, uh, the orifice, any orifice, uh, a, right. a bit of a pin was inserted through it, through the phallus, through the other side of that. Opening, so uh, right that would that would disallow the phallus from then
1: removing itself from backing back out. It would be oh. trapped in there. which wait, wait. So it's a, a pokey bit in a hole. Yeah, and then through it is some sort of like a nail, but not a nail because it's all wood. Yeah, is it a dowel? A dowel or yeah. something?
2: Yep. Yeah. So you a lot of times you look, would at, me. A look at me. Look at me. You could call it a pin. I call it a dowel. But yeah, you dowel. All the way through. So then later, if you want to take that apart. So some people do it where it just, it bottoms out. But I like to do it where you could come with a different dowel and hammer through it and pop it out the other side. And then you could take it all apart. You could disassemble it. And when you're taking apart like really old furniture that's made this way, you see all the cool stuff. You see like the wood is still very fresh where the joinery is because not even spiders have been in there. So it has remained somewhat of a tomb. Sometimes a hundred years, yeah. you'll see pencil marks. You'll see like different little markings they made to identify, like "oh, this is joint B" or whatever it would be. Ah, uh, B. Okay. Uh,
1: but yeah, it's but very just cool. to make sure that as someone's building it, they might mark the different items, sort of like it would be if you got it at IKEA, but it's an actual person. Yeah. Going, don't forget, this goes into this hole and this goes into that hole. Yeah.
2: If you okay. make a bunch of, nice. so, yeah, you have a lot of cross member things. And then suddenly you're like, and if you do them all by hand, they only fit one hole. So this tenon only fits in that right. mortise hole. Oh crap. I have five of them. I better start labeling. This is A and B. This is C and D. And so that when you take them apart, you see exactly what they were doing. You can you can get into the mind of like oh that's how they made this. There was a bit of you can see who was very organized and detailed and who was kind of winging it and doing it on the fly or rapidly. But right, right. it was fun. Like I really enjoy that, and I feel like it it
1: can genuinely last for like centuries. It's crazy. Yeah, because what is the oldest? Like when you go to museums, like and there are there are furniture museums. There's museums of natural history that happen to have a lot of furniture oftentimes. Do you look at, do you get sucked into sort of the woodwork in those old museums? Yeah. I mean,
2: <clears throat> I did the Edinburgh Fringe and at one point in okay. Scotland, I had my, I walked in and the ceiling was really low. And so I just kind of had my hand up on a beam the person was telling us a bit about the place and they were like, That wood is 1400 years old. And I took my hand on like, oh, oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to touch it. (laughs) And they were like, it's been up there 1400 years. I don't think your hand's going to bring it down. And I love stuff that's like, it's meant to be used. It's not meant to be like a museum piece. And I was in uh, Romania. We traveled there and and the the Saxons all went through there and all of their like Saxon style building
1: of things. Uh, that man, where a, did the Saxons come from? I literally know about Germans, the I
2: think, but okay, uh,
1: they sort of whitey magoos from northern yeah. Europe.
2: And when you're in okay. that part of the world, there's really like just small hills. So, there's you they build a castle up on a hill that had an elevation of maybe 50 feet up from the rest, and they're like, they can see in every direction, no one's getting in here. <laughs> and then one day, like from a thousand yards away, like they're coming. And you get the whole village, get in the castle, get in here. And then they had to make things very fortified, very strong, but they just got (laughs) destroyed. I mean, the Saxons just ravaged them overwhelmingly because they just couldn't escape. (laughs) And so that whole part of the world was constantly getting addressed or attacked by various parts, some from the south, some from, from every direction. They were under different occupation. But the furniture, a lot of it, and the castle stuff itself, like the the fortification existed because it's so well built giant beams that are mortise and tenon with like the dowels you're talking about would be like two inches in diameter going through these giant beams that are still holding up a ceiling. It was very cool.
1: Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I've only driven through Romania. Uh, We stopped at a restaurant and uh, (laughs) then there was, there was (laughs) reunited and it, Feels so good. Someone there was somebody playing. Uh, we had a Casio and a guitar, like a one man band lady. Uh-huh. She was uh, singing and playing the song, and it was a delight to behold. Yeah. And then we ate really, really good Eastern European food. So, how long were you in Romania? It was great. Got to spend like ten days there, maybe close to two
2: weeks. We traveled okay. around. We went to this little town called. I don't. I don't know if I want to. Sh- yeah. If you're listening to the Dark Forest, you should go because I don't think. Okay. percentage-wise, that's going to flood their town and they could use the revenue. It's called Viscri, right. V-I-S-C-R-I. Now, there's a duality, and I saw it at a dinner between two factions of who lives there. They're coming out okay. of the vestiges of communism, and this guy Ceausescu, who was like a ruthless, they murdered him in front of the whole population on Christmas Day, in wow. front of everyone, like, fuck this guy, and they- Merry I, Christmas, yeah. stamps. You stab, all deserve stab. this. I think they shot him in the head in front of everyone. And then like hung him upside down. I mean, it was, he had tormented them for decades. And coming out of that, they're like, okay, well, for years, we made these beautiful things. We made all this tapestry or tile work. There's still this tile factory, but it would always be exported for so much money to other nations with like, this is Romania doing this for you. And then they'd be like, cool. Did you pay everyone who built this? No, no, no. They're happy to do it for the pride of the country. So they're all starving. (sighs) Yeah. A lot of craftspeople. So, blacksmiths and um, woodworkers and, and handmade breads and cheeses. And like, you're seeing the mechanisms they use to make it fascinating. But then, cars are zipping by. People are, you know, tapping their credit cards and ordering coffees and getting on their phones and like on the freeways. And people drive like maniacs there. You're seeing capitalism happening. You're seeing the hustle and bustle and you're passing right. an entire family. With a horse and buggy and a load of firewood in the back. And the whole family up front snuggled together just riding along like, well, this is how we do it. And it was such a juxtaposition of like, here's the present and the future. And there's this little just semblance of the past. And so people there are kind of torn about that too. Like, well, we're showing you our culture. We're sharing how we Mm -hmm. make all these things. But every time we do that, we make a little more money. It changes us a little bit. We have more revenue from Mm -hmm. tourism.
1: So anyway. It, that was right to me. And the kids want a pair of Nikes. Yeah. And, you know, but it is, it would be great if they retained all of that because, you know, eventually the zombie apocalypse or whatever. I know. But, uh, but it's, and it's so beautiful. You know, all that work is so gorgeous. I bought, <clears throat> I bought a rug on, in Turkey. When I was there performing, it was that same trip. I went to Romania and Poland and cool. and Turkey. It was a it was a US, not a USO, as Armed Forces Entertainment run, awesome. and the rug that I bought for five hundred dollars is essentially a five thousand dollar rug. Yeah, I mean, I felt I didn't feel good about it, but I bought for another two hundred and fifty dollars. Something that was worth $12 Uh, (laughs) in an effort. I tried to do something, right? I was like, (laughs) I can't, I don't know. I don't need that. This weird. And all that was, was they were, um, (laughs) they were camel saddlebags that had been turned into a runner for, uh, like another rug. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, but they were just saddlebags and they were, they were hand, you know, woven but they were not a woolen, beautiful Persian rug, that, yeah. which was the one I bought. Which is, And it might not be worth five grand. It just felt like it wasn't, like $500 felt like a hell of a deal. And that was shipped. So, good Lord. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we're kind
2: of seeing it, though, uh, with mass producing and, like, your paintings from your dad right behind you and then AI art. And when you're there and you see a blanket made by hands or even just anything knitted or all the stuff that's there, everything that's there, you're like, Oh, there's a reason when people want to like get back to some great era, who knows when it was yeah. exactly, but they're, they're still kind of living in like, this is what makes us great. Our ability to craft things, to design and use our hands and do it very proficiently is just I I don't think you right. see and, that. Everywhere. And,
1: and it's, and it's an artistic creation. Yeah. That is not possible in an AI situation another cage Baker series, uh, to hello and welcome to cage Baker talk. Uh, the company series is about immortality and time travel. Two things that I quite honestly, uh, are usually poorly done in fiction, (laughs) uh, because (laughs) they're usually either super sad sack or really flippant. Yeah. And the history is usually incorrect. Uh, cage Baker, giant history nerd, uh, has nailed it. And there, the company series is Epic quite honestly. And she died after finishing the series, which I completely approve of. (laughs) Uh, She had a brain aneurysm. (laughs) Very sad. Uh, She was on the dork forest probably uh, 20 years ago. Well, that would have, incorrect the dork forest is this is the 18th year of the dork forest congratulations so she was on probably 16 years ago and it's probably on the band camp you guys go to the band camp listen to the cage Baker episode if you want she makes fun of me and uh it's the audio isn't good but feel free <laughs> right now by the way i am talking with um david huntsberger david huntsberger uh a delight, always great comic and uh, loves all things creative in the way of he's created animation, uh, sketch, comedy and uh, and stuff like that. So Space Cave is his interview podcast. Intercepts is a scripted podcast that I have done uh, some yes. characters on. And in, I
2: think a
1: couple episodes, but if not, I think the first episode. One of my favorite okay. sketches.
2: Yeah, you play. You
1: play uh, yeah, Dr. because I want to do more voiceover work, and you were like, "Would you like to do th- this crazy character?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are those tapes. Is a podcast you do with a friend uh, about uh, just sort of riffing on weird tapes. So be <laughs> go to davidhutzberger You guys, he could probably describe these are these tapes, uh, <laughs> but these are those tapes better than me. Why don't you? Go no, no, for no. It? I like that. It is. It's just. It's just nonsense. It's just. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's delightful nonsense that you two will enjoy, you guys. Yeah, a uh, like silliness. It. What? now seriously. You have like eight minutes left. Okay. <laughs> I feel bad because I have weeded off. Um, but what? Yeah. You know, what are you making now? Are you making? I am right trying now.
2: to be done. I'm giving away all the surplus wood that I have around. I want, we just oh, moved and I had a few projects to make here and I got quite a bit done. So much sanding and clamping and gluing and staining and just endless. And I thought I needed this little outdoor work table, which I did. It's really great, but I real big into, you know, the beast like found wood and I was driving along and I found, I looked over, and I was like, that's something. And I, It was like amazing, like three by five long boards that are all tongue and groove, another type of joinery. So that's like hardwood flooring does a lot of that. That is just one end is a C. So it's kind of mortise and tendon with no pin going through it. And it's open. open So the whole end of the board would go like that and then put through here. And then the next board would look the same. So it's like a puzzle. Like it's just a bunch of.
1: Okay. Boop, 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 boop,
2: boop. And so, but they're big yes. boards that are like the big heavy boards. So I made an outdoor table or like a work table out of that. And I hope that's it. For how
1: do you, a while. how do you, how do you do like there, there's Los Angeles is getting more and more rain mm-hmm. and there are more and more bugs, different bugs are coming in. Yeah. We have a, we have a new uh, mosquito. I don't know if you've seen it. It's an Egyptian uh, ankle biter. Is oh. not the Latin term, <laughs> but, uh, it is, uh, they are, they, they live sort of close to the ground and they bite. That's why they're called ankle biters. but they came from Egypt and, um, and they bite more than once. I think we have those. Cause that's really the only place yeah. I've been getting bitten lately. Dang it. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It, it really sucks. does. Yeah. Uh, so what, how do you, how do you weatherproof uh, a table that's supposed to be an outdoor table? Is there spray in
2: my mind I don't know enough so I'll probably be proven wrong on this over time but I just feel like bugs don't particularly like well treated wood so if it's hydrated well if it's oiled well they like dry those sort of environments. So if oh, the, something to eat on, yeah, and they like an entry point. So if the end grain is all really protected, and if you've like plugged up any little minor holes or openings, they it's hard for them to get in. And then on top of that,
1: what kind of oil are you using? Is it a linseed? I've heard about a linseed. You want
2: boiled linseed
1: now? Come on,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I like. I used to use tongue oil all the time. Now I like Danish oil quite a bit, but I like both. Um, but yeah, boiled linseed oil okay. stinks. Teak oil really stinks. Uh, but those are good and then there's just this little beeswax thing you can get kind of in any hardware store it smells so good and it's all natural it's like food safe but that's just kind of more of a wax and that's really great it just hydrates the wood nicely and then I assume any kind of smell that doesn't smell like wood drives bugs out because I haven't had any problems with bugs not gonna knock on wood I'll just pay attention to that and see what happens but I think you want to just make sure your wood (laughs) is hydrated or sealed you could use varnish or urethane or any of that stuff but I think just
1: the oil. Okay. Okay. Just a a, a natural oil is is how, might be the ideal, but uh, but if you urethane it or polyurethane, which I've, that's another word I know.
2: (laughs) Well, if you have Uh, a piece (laughs) of furniture in your house that's wood, it's got like, say, uh, a ring from a glass or some sort of condensation, take a little bit of oil, especially get like Danish oil, get some... So they still, I don't know if, I didn't know this. Do they like squeeze
1: Danish people? Yeah. What's a
2: Danish oil Like, oh made no, out don't, don't be doing this to me. And then they <laughs> squeeze them. And it's the sweat. It's Danish sweat, pure.
1: But it, it coagulates I want that to be other- the actual Danish accent, but I don't know that it is. I don't
2: even <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of Dutch, but like, that's close enough. <laughs> but they still, they okay. sell steel wool in uh, like zeros. So there's, you know, number zero, number two, zero, three. The four zeros, the quadruple lot. Put a little oil on the wood, and then just rub it with that, with the four zero steel wool. And it'll. What's happened is the the water has been there, but then it pulled that moisture out and pulled the oil out. So you just rub it in. Your your rings will be gone in no time.
1: Okay, so I'm using Danish oil and a four ot uh, steel wool. Yeah. Okay. This has been a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of a uh, nice hints hints about stuff. What about chair? Have you ever made a chair? This is a big pop topic to take up in two minutes, but I fixed tons chairs of chairs. Chairs are hard. Oh, I want
2: you. Oh, you have, yeah. You like wordplay? I really, and I've talked to a friend about this who has the same compulsion. I mean, in that neighborhood in East Hollywood, so many chairs. So many of them are just like one leg broken. I got to a point where I would fix them and just put them back where I found them to just be like, "Someone come get this," or I'd put them on Craigslist free and be like, "Get out of here." But I really wanted to start a place called the Chair House. And it's just every type of chair. <laughs> it's all it, just chairs. Like, can I get a recliner? or love it's just chairs. And then you come in, mostly just wooden chairs. But I mean, LA is just riddled with excess chairs constantly. So I got into upholstery and I would like fix the tops of them. Very easy. Not time consuming. Okay. And take some chairs and make them look very pretty. But I don't know that I took a and ton then- of pictures of that.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, changing the name of my merch store to, Something like K A S W A G, like swag. Yeah, but cash swag. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like cation, but ca- cash cash swag. Yeah. I don't know what what's gonna happen. What do you call? Uh, Why not call it cation or credit? Like cash, cash or credit? Or credit? Yeah. <laughs> cash or credit? Ooh, nice. Uh, or give them cash and I do credit. Oh. Cash. Oh. Cash and oh, credit. Cash. Cash and credit. credit. Cash, c- cash and credit. Um. yep okay I've uh the riffing there's a reason why improv is a learned skill you guys but you're I will one of my fall favorite apart in the favorite what are you talking about uh, just what I have to say David Huntsberger it's been an hour that's what I have to say <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you should come back and talk about absolutely anything you want to talk about anytime you want because this has been a delight well I'd love to um, this, the, we talked about milling. We didn't talk enough about sanding. We no. Didn't, we didn't I mean, I can get it.
2: real into the, the hand tools and all the different things, the philosophies behind woodworking. And I was starting to, like my grandfather, like I just didn't know. Most YouTube videos are that. Table saws, power tools, they're noisy. And I think as I get older, I like the quiet of hand planes and chisels and all that other stuff. So, like, there's a, definitely a philosophy behind that as well so yeah maybe down the road we can chat about um the varying um personality things or i don't know what you'd call them like um what is it with preferences the preferences of your style of woodworking
1: i love that you guys find david huntsberger on the internet it's one of those places you could go yeah it'd be DavidHuntsberger.com. yeah it turns out hi adal how was the show it was really fun. I'm in Chicago. You and, are. And you're and in our here. garage. Yes. And David Huntsberger was in his garage as well. He David Huntsberger is the horse guy. He did what the a horse coincidence,
0: Us both being in our garages.
1: Yes. And but behind him is a particle board with some shelving that he did not make. Oh, okay. So woodworking and He's he He's woodworking, made, so
0: he could have made it.
1: He could have made it. He said he assembled it. And then oh, I, I right. and then I learned the difference between carpentry, assembling something, carpentry and woodworking. Assembling okay. is you've been ha- you you've you've bought something at IKEA right. and there's an allen wrench. Sure. Um <laughs> carpentry means that you just sort of nail and screw and hammer things together. Okay.
0: joining joining woods together.
1: But with um But not joinery, not joinery,
0: not joinery.
1: Yes, Uh, woodworking is without any sort of glue or anything like that. And what is it called? It is called. He talked about dovetail joining. Sure,
0: sure, and sure, I know how that works.
1: Mortise and tenon is the oldest. That I don't
0: know mortise and tenon. I don't know how that works.
1: It's uh, it's there's a pokey bit, Uh and then there's a hole. And then you put the pokey bit in the hole and then there's a dowel that goes through. Oh, like a lot of Ikea product. <laughs> uh, possibly. And then but then there's then there's an Allen wrench. Right, so right. he did make me laugh because during lockdown, he he started running and he okay. ran by uh, a giant piece of wood that was he. Why did he tell? He told me how long it was. And how it was like? Oh, four inches by thirteen inches, twenty feet long. Wow. Yeah, and he ran by it for like two weeks. He was like, because his his partner, his wife was like, that doesn't belong to you. And he's like, it's on that place in between the sidewalk and the the curb, right near Koreatown. That's everybody's.
0: That's, right, right. That's that's where people that's, put stuff that they that they want people to take.
1: Right. So he his mom gave him an old it's gas called
0: a, It's called a parkway, by the way. I only learned that just recently.
1: Oh, interesting. Uh the uh, his mom gave him an old gas chainsaw mm-hmm. that he um inadvertently used old gas. Did you know gas can get old?
0: Mm, I think so. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well he used old the he used the gas that was in it instead of draining it. Oh. and it gummed up. Um, Mm -hmm. some filter, So he had to take it apart and put it back together. And then he lost a tiny contact lens size filter in his backyard. And he was sieving his own dirt, looking for it (laughs) (laughs) for like a week. And then he found that there's, of course in Los Angeles, a thousand tiny gasoline operated leaf blowers. And so there's a, a there's parts available. Yeah. It was a dollar. Oh, and yeah. uh, he went, he bought a Over new contact lens. Over a week's
0: lens. worth of time.
1: Yes. And a dollar. <laughs> and one dollar.
0: And one dollar.
1: <laughs> and then he took it. He took his chainsaw. He looked around. And then he started sawing and realized he had not sharpened the chainsaw.
0: Right. So, and even though it's only a four inch by 13 yeah. inch.
1: By 20 feet. He sawed up one six foot and it just smoked. Billowing and the gas, and the, and it ran through all the get ga- It so, so it did, took did him.
0: He, that, was he in somebody else's front yard doing this at the yes. time, or had he yes. taken it home first?
1: <laughs> he was in somebody else's front yard, looking around, right, going it was
0: twenty feet long. How how's he going to get it home?
1: Right, and it so probably he weighed was,
0: 100, 150 pounds.
1: Right, and he couldn't figure out what he would just kept waiting for someone to interrupt him and, and nobody tell ever him did. that nobody ever did. Nobody, nobody, nobody ever said, to Los Angeles.
0: "Hey, stop." <laughs> Just stop, stop cutting
1: into my beam. Right. This is my giant. And then he watched a lot of YouTube videos about how to sharpen a chainsaw and then didn't do any of them. And then just went back and was like, I'm just going to muscle through it. <laughs> and then he cut up three pieces and then brought them home. It probably then, would have
0: taken him less time to use a handsaw.
1: It might have. It might have. <laughs> and But it was fascinating. And we didn't even get to talk about sanding
0: well
1: wow. sanding and having to have him,
0: you have to have him back on talk about <laughs> finishing a project
1: that's what i said Hence, <laughs> i said i was going to have him back on for sure and um yeah it was pretty bad it was oh and then we talked about the a couple of cage baker books cuz uh i just waited off a couple of times and oh, okay. there was some talk about um because he was he was worried about the emissions and right, 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 so right. I was talking about, did you ever read the house of the stag or the envelope Anvil- yeah. of the world? I did. Yeah. Those were very funny, very sweet. Yeah, yeah. And the demon fairy people who were talking to the humans about throwing all their dirt into the lake that they right. drank from. Yeah.
0: Do you remember David Hunsberg reminds me of the character in giant Zays?
1: Oh Yes. Yes, this, the guy who can fix everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's kind of quiet. And he's kind of just there. Yeah. And he's very sweet and funny right. in his own way. That is David Huntsberger. Well, all right.
0: Now I have a very clear picture of him as a cartoon character drawn by an Englishman.
1: <laughs> what's, okay. So uh, what's the name of that guy? Everyone should read that. Giant oh, yeah.
0: Um, well, the, the comic book that, uh, that, that, we're referring to is from boom and it's called uh, giant days Singular. but it's part of a bigger world of a web comic um uh, uh
1: so google that
0: yeah, and yeah google that and 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 figure it out i've forgotten the, the john allison john allison's the guy the the, the writer and artist name
1: he's uh, so it's so great it's really great
0: yeah and it's all and it's all part of the same world and the current one that's running is called um steeple
1: that's right uh, I, this is nice to talk to you and see your face, but this has been a bonus episode oh. <laughs> of the dork forest. And because been, I just, it's been
0: a bonus bonus episode because we've gone over time.
1: It's true. And I have this to say, I didn't say goodbye. I just ended it with go to David click. And now they will have seen this. So now I get to say, thank you for listening. Rangers.